Welcome to Power Your Profits podcast, your friendly guide in bringing your business revenue to the next level. Listen as host Susie Carter hears inspiring stories of success from her fellow entrepreneurs and transformational leaders. Prepare to make significant change to your strategies as they unravel the secrets of building multi-million dollar businesses and the most effective tips on finance, marketing, and sales accountability. If you want to make your first step towards explosive business growth, this is the right podcast for you. Without further ado, here is your host, Susie. Welcome to this episode of Power Your Profit Podcast, and I have a treat for you. This is something you've been looking for years. Took me 30 years to find Bajel, and Bajel, since 2009, has been providing vital assistant outsourcing services. That's what we all need. He's advised thousands of entrepreneurs, professionals, and businesses on how to find, hire, train, manage virtual assistants. He's also pioneered how vital assistants can help clients with alignment of planning, task scheduling, daily accountability, key performance indicators to boost our productivity and profits. It's such a pleasure to have Bijal in our studio. Please welcome my guest, Bijal. Oh my gosh, welcome to the show. I'm so excited that you're here. And more importantly, I feel like this is one of those secret weapons that every entrepreneur needs, whether you're in startup, whether you're emerging, whether you're scaling, you are the secret weapon. And tell people who you are, what you do in the world, and what your sweet spot is. Great. Thanks so much. First of all, my name is Bijal. I'm currently, and I say currently, I've been here for seven years now, but it doesn't feel like in Las Vegas. Prior to that, people ask, well, where were you before Las Vegas? I said, we were traveling around the world for about five years with my family. And I'll share more about how that wasn't by design either. Neither was coming to Vegas, actually. But what I do, what I've been doing since 2009 is really helping entrepreneurs and business owners learn how to best work with virtual assistants. And I'm going to do my best. That's the first and last time I'm going to use the word virtual assistants. Because the very first thing I want to share is that really we should call them vital assistants. Virtual by definition means not real. And the folks that I've matched with entrepreneurs are very real and very vital to the business. So because I've been saying that for 10 years, if I say virtual, please call me up from now on. It's vital assistance. But I've been doing that since 2009. I'm now building my second company in the space and specifically how to work with home-based vital assistants. And I'll share some techniques and things I've learned over the last decade or so. That is delicious. So how did you start this business? Because you had to leave the U.S. in 2010. So share your experience about what you learned about productivity and outsourcing from that experience, because that kind of springboarded what you're up to and what you're doing, yes? So, so I'll go back to 2009. In February 2009, I had a dark night of, a, of an entrepreneur's soul where you've tried everything. You've gone to the workshops, you worked on fire, you walked on fire, and you've broken balls and everything else, and it's still not working. And you just go, why me? Anyway, long story short, Went through a very depressive time in February of 2009, kind of almost contemplated suicide. Like I had a million dollar life insurance policy and I asked myself, is that the only way I'm going to leave a fortune for my kids and family? That never happened. But what did happen was a few weeks later, I went to an event. I met Transformation kind of speaker and I kind of worked my life back out of that space. In that year though, I said, okay, what can I do next? What's my next reinvention as an entrepreneur? And I realized that one of the things I was not being very good at as an entrepreneur was being very productive that wasn't producing the results I wanted to produce. That led me to looking into starting up an outsourcing company. 
and I hired three ladies in the Philippines. This was around about August of 2009. A couple of weeks later, I was at my first event, my brand new business cards, my brand new website. I had my whole pitch polished. I was going to go around the room, network, and get a whole bunch of new clients. But the very first speaker on stage, Susie, happened to be someone who's already in the industry. He had a hundred people in this team, very successful. And I said, oh my God, the one event I choose to launch my business, <laughs> the speaker is going to take all my business out of the room. And he spoke, it was great. I went up to him at the break and said, hey, I'm just getting started. Would you mentor me? And he said, look, give me a call next week. I did. And we talked on the phone. I became an affiliate. I became a master affiliate. Six weeks later, around September, October of 2009, we started working together. And from 2009 to 2019, I helped grow that business from 100 to 500 vital assistants. Work, I spoke all over the world, from the, all over the US, the UK, and in India, in Malaysia, in Singapore, in Australia, in New Zealand. And it was a fantastic time. But in 2010, as you mentioned, I had to leave the US. So I started working with this new company. My immigration lawyer screwed things up. And in June of 2010, he said, hey, Bijal, you've got two choices. Either you become illegal in the US and hope the one day that they have amnesty, or you leave the country. Well, we didn't want to break any laws. So he sold everything, packed four bags, three laptops, two kids, one wife, and we left. And we thought it'd be gone for like six months to 12 months, but we started enjoying the virtual life, the true laptop lifestyle that people talk about. We were actually living it. So it wasn't by choice. It was kind of like we were forced into it. And so for five years, not only did we grow the business, but we experienced this lifestyle of traveling around the world, raising two kids. There were five and 10 when we had to leave the US. By the time we came back, there were 10 and 15. And all of that was possible because we kind of learned how to work with vital assistance in so many different areas of our business. That is delicious. Great story. So what have you learned or what, how do you feel like entrepreneurs are struggling because they're struggling with procrastination and overwhelm. How does a vital assistant really give them the tools they need to get them out of it? I'm going to start a conversation a little bit higher up than vital assistants. People will always say, can your vital assistant do that? Can I do this? And that's great. But I want to start slightly higher up, which is how are we valuing our time as entrepreneurs? Now, I'm not sure who the audience is right now, whether just they're a new entrepreneur, maybe you're making 100,000 a year, maybe you're making a million, but approximately a millionaire's time is around $500 per month. I know it varies based on hours worked, whatever, but let's just use that for a benchmark. And let's just say that's a millionaire. So if you're striving to reach your, say, a first million in your business, your time value, that the time you're putting into your business is around $500 a month. Let's scale it back. Let's be more practical. Let's talk about $100,000, right? Well, this means that your time is approximately $50,000, sorry, $50 per hour. If you are spending your time on tasks that you can delegate to somebody for $5 per hour, but you're choosing to do it yourself and you want to go from that 100 to a million, how is it ever going to be possible because you're valuing your time at $5 per hour? Why? Because that's what other people can do that work for. So more than just starting off with, hey, what do I delegate? We've got to start with a relationship to our time. Mm-hmm. When we talk about financial freedom or financial freedom, what does that mean? It's about having the time to enjoy the money because you can be making millions of dollars and have zero time to enjoy it. And there are many entrepreneurs out there, business owners who are burning themselves out making that million. So this is a conversation about time before anything else. So it's to value our time. Now we can start saying, well, hey, what are we doing? And I call it the morbid stuff, the mundane, the overwhelming, the repetitive, the boring, the I don't want to, and the dislike doing things in our business. When we can start to identify the morbid stuff, the things that we do that literally drain the life out of us, 
now we can start thinking about delegation because we want to delegate that morbid stuff, the stuff that we really don't want to do to a vital assistant. And that's the starting point of this conversation. So it's really about valuing our time and knowing that there are things that we're doing in our business that literally suck the life out of us. And now we can start saying, who is the right person to do the actual work? Well, I love that because I've been in all those seats, right? Looking at making a million dollars, but not having a life, paying too much for what I could outsource, but not knowing. I think why I call you a secret weapon is because we don't know what we don't know. And getting into overseas hiring is can be so scary for entrepreneurs. We don't know how to do it. Again, that's why I'm bringing you the expert to go, let us show you another way, another possibility. And what I love is you kind of handhold us from, let me handle the hard stuff. I'm just going to bring you quality people. Like I've done outsource on my own and that is a process. That is arduous. That is time consuming. That is we all know hiring anyone resumes. Well, let's break this down because I think it's good to give people options, right? Yeah. So I will start with the agency model. Well, actually, before I do that, let me talk about two, the two aspects of outsourcing. There are projects and there are processes. Let me just, let me define the difference between the two. A project is a website, is a logo, a graphic, something that's a one-time project. You can give it to somebody, they're going to do it, you'll pay them for doing it and it's done, right? Now, some websites have ongoing needs like e-commerce and stuff, but generally speaking, a project is a one-time paid and done. The other side is what we call processes. Now, processes are the day-to-day activities, admin, billing, customer service, support, etc. These are the nitty-gritty parts of the business that somebody has to be doing every single day while that business exists. Now, my company specifically, we focus more on the day-to-day processes. And the reason we do that is because the margins we have are very small. We don't have high upfront fees. So our success is based purely on our long-term relationship with our client. That's projects and processes. And what I would like to say to people is minimize your spending on projects, get them done faster and make turn them into assets. And then maximize your investment on processes because that's what makes the money in the business. Now, three options. Agency model. So most agencies are paying between $2.50, sometimes even lower, actually. I mean, there's some of my VAs who come to us have been, we're earning $1.50, literally in sweatshop type conditions. And we don't do anything like that. In fact, all, all of our VAs are home-based, but they were literally in sweatshop type conditions up to around $3, $3.50. And the reason that they accept such conditions is because they need to work. So an agency will then mark them up anywhere from three to five times. So you may be paying $10, but your actual eight, the person doing the work might be only earning $2.50, $3. Several Facebook groups, there's several websites we can go and hire directly. And now basically you're going to put up a job post and you're going to get literally hundreds of thousands of people apply for that. You don't know who they are. You really don't have time to check all their credential resumes. Sorry, just borrow. Even if they do, you don't know if they're real, right? So that's the problem of hiring directly. Now, I'm not saying both work. Sometimes you may need an agency model. Sometimes you've got to hit gold and find that right VA when you're hiring direct. When I left my previous company, I said, okay, what have I learned from the last 10 years of working with entrepreneurs? We know that entrepreneurs have a hard time knowing what to delegate. They have a hard time knowing how to instruct a VA delegate. If they go to an agency, they're paying these high fees, then they figure out paying high fees. Now they're trying to hire direct and they can't find the right person and they complain that the VA just left and ghosted them, disappeared. Also, when they hire direct, sometimes the person who they're speaking to on the interview is not the person doing the work. So now that person is just the front face of the VA. And so we took all of these challenges and said, great, how do we fix all of this? So we came up with a model, which is very transparent with our clients. 
we said, hey, look, we're going to be more like a matchmaker. Some people call us an agency, but we're more like a matchmaker. We work with the client very hands-on. We figure out what their needs are. We figure out how to prioritize what to delegate. Because even if you have 10 things to delegate, it doesn't mean we should try and delegate all 10 things because there's usually what we call a task back loop. You assign a task to a VA, they do the task. Now they send it back to you for approval. Now, if you're an already overwhelmed VA, a client, and you might take two, three days to check their work. Now, imagine if you're given 10 different things out, all these 10 things are going to get done, but they're now back on your plate to check and you're so busy, you don't get to check them. So it's far better to start off with one or two things, get it to the place that they don't need to be checked every single time, and then you add more things on their plate. What we also realize, though, is that clients and VAs both need support differently. So we like to say we have two sets of clients. We have the paying client, and then we have the serving client. And we treat both as their clients, because both need to be happy. There's no point having a happy client and a miserable VA, almost like a vital culture in the background. So even though we work with home-based virtual assistants, in the background, there's a community. There's an online community. And every 90 days, I pay for them to get together because 90% of my team are in one town in the Philippines. They get together for my birthday. They get together for Christmas. They get together around Easter time. And they get together. They go on picnics. They break bread together. And this creates a virtual culture, which they feel together. They feel supported. That means that they're happier. They serve their clients better. But the other thing we did was that we typically do not cold recruit. So everybody has been referred to us by a another virtual assistant, vital assistant in the team. So we've built this kind of vital assistant resources that we pull in. We know that they've been recommended to us. Somebody knows them, so they disappear. We know where to find them. We have their phone numbers in the Philippines. I have a management team that I've been working with for over a decade, six of them. So it's been working absolutely fantastic. I love it. And so as an entrepreneur, what are the three key things I need to know working with a vital assistant? Okay, first is to be really clear about are you looking for more money? Are you looking to get more time back or looking for growth? Because it, depending on what your objective is right now, and sometimes it's like all three, but I typically say, try and prioritize. See if you can prioritize one of the three to start off with. Then based on that, what are the tasks that you're either doing that you dislike doing the morbid stuff as part of that bucket? Or what is it you're not doing that you know you should be doing? I'll give you a very simple example. People ask, Michelle, if I can only delegate one thing to a vital assistant, what would it be? So for me, it's follow-up. If you're an entrepreneur, business owner, a lot of us either should have or need a sales pipeline where we have prospects coming in, we're taking them through a sales cycle, and hopefully they'll become a client. Now, most entrepreneurs, if they have a sales pipeline software, do not like to log in and manage it. Quit calling me out. <laughs> so if I go back in time as an entrepreneur and just think about the vast amount of money I've left on the table simply by not following up with people. I don't even want to think about that number. It could be eight figures, which is embarrassing. So that's, again, now that's personal to me. There's one thing, that'd be an example of one thing I'll stop. I think it's personal to all of us entrepreneurs. I think you're calling it like to be called, because I know if you and I are doing it, we know everybody else is doing yeah. it. And I have a team and I still feel that it could be improved. And I've been doing this for years now. And she'll think, God, I still think still slip through the cracks. Even with all the systems in place I put in, I still know there's things that slip through the crack from time to time. So that means one idea is have a VA manage your pipeline. Another way that we've taught entrepreneurs to use a VA, which is a role reversal. So we've talked about assigning stuff to the vital assistant. I started teaching entrepreneurs how to use a vital assistant to actually schedule 
their own tasking. As in, if I have to get stuff done this next seven days, is it actually in my calendar? So I started doing like planning sessions with my clients and say, hey, what is it you have to do? And what is it you have to delegate? And the stuff that they have to delegate, they'll give to their VA. But the stuff that they had to do would never make it into their calendar. Yeah. They do the planning part, but they would never put. So I started teaching the VAs, clients to work with the VAs, and then the VAs would schedule stuff in the calendar. So example, let's say you need to get a chapter written in a book, Susie, for example, right? So you meet with your VA, say on a Friday for your planning session. You tell the VA, hey, next week I want to write a chapter of my book. The VA then would say, hey, Susie, how many hours do you want to allocate? You say two. What day? Wednesday. Preference of morning, afternoon, evening, morning. They would go to your calendar and put that into your calendar. So this is a vital assistant not doing the work, but making right. sure that the stuff that you have to do goes in your calendar. And then they're going to call you up or they're going to send you a message on Wednesday night. Hey, Susie, by the way, did you get that thing that you said you were going to do done? <laughs> and you're going to have to tell them. And this is I say, either you say yes. And if you say no, you're going to have to give them your bullshit excuse of why you didn't do it. <laughs> So now you're going to be accountable to the VA for getting your stuff done too. So that's a very interesting use of a VA. Now, we can do that for less than $5 per day. A lot of these things I'm talking about, Susie, even if someone is on a budget, we specialize in fractional outsourcing, which means that if somebody's on a budget, and I call it the Starbucks model, yeah, five bucks per day, you can have a VA taking on at least one or two vital roles in the company that can either take stuff of your plate or ensure that some things are getting done that have to get done. And so do you help entrepreneurs discern, like, what do I need to do? Because that's brilliant. I think we don't even know that we don't even know what we should know to ask, to go, I don't know. Like, well, I remember hiring my first final assistant. I'm like, I don't know what I'm supposed to be doing. I would have to go, oh, I can outsource that. Oh, they can book my airline. Like, it took me probably a good six months to go, oh, this is the stuff. Yeah. So we start off with, like, I call it the master delegation list, which is in an ideal world, What's all the stuff you want to get off your plate? Essentially, I call it the good as gold. So imagine the four boxes, top to the bottom. Top left is going to be G for what you're good at. O is what you're okay at doing. The bottom left is L, what you like doing. And the bottom right is what you dislike doing, right? You think about your week that you just had. Think about the things that you're good at doing. That's probably the last things you're going to delegate. All the things that you like doing, keep that in your plate. And if you like doing it, it brings you joy. Keep doing it. If there's things you're okay at doing and things that you dislike doing, that's kind of an indication of the first things to delegate. So we start off with the master delegation list. Now from there, we go back to the what I shared earlier. So is your key objective this month, this next 90 days, is it more money? Is it more time for yourself? Which means that, hey, my money's okay, but I need to just get some BS stuff off my plate so I have more time to spend. Or is it because you're in a growth phase? You need to scale up your customer support team, say, or billing and invoicing. So that's the scale. That's typically the least number of clients we work with are in that final bucket. Most of my clients are in that we need to make more leads slash more money, or they just want to get some stuff off their plate because they're just burning out. I love a system, right? Like you're teaching us so much just in this podcast. I'm taking notes too, y'all, or I'm doing my homework, right? Because I think it's so delicious to go, how much money am I leaving on the table because I'm spending $500 hours stuff doing things that I don't either like or that I dislike because there's still stuff that I do and I catch myself like, oh, Sam can do that. And now listening to you, like Sam has grown so much. I'm paying her so much to do $5 an hour stuff. So if I can get that off her plate now, because now she's not just an assistant anymore. She's grown so much. 
and to go, oh, let me get her someone to do the stuff that we already know she hates to do, but she's got to do it. So I think it's so delicious just in her time, money and growth, right, from a team member's. As team members start to integrate into our business, we've got to help them delegate the stuff too, right? Because we want to use them for the best use of their time. So what would you say everyone wants hacks, right? What is the biggest productivity hack that you have that anyone listening can take advantage of? There's a couple. One is the power of an afternoon nap. Oh my God, you're speaking my love language. (laughs) Okay. So this is now scientifically proven without doubt. You can go check out that a 30-minute nap reduces the risk of heart related disease by 37%, which means that the reason it's doing that is reducing stress. So now too long a nap is not necessarily, you don't need to have a long nap. We need a shutdown. Now, if you follow that up, so there's something I call a nappuccino. So level one, okay. So if you look at this black belt mastery, level one, just take a 30 minute nap. Level two, if you really want to kind of get that jolt is take a shot of coffee right before you take a nap, because it takes about 35, 30 minutes for caffeine to hit your bloodstream. So if you combine the nap, with a pre-cup of coffee, when you wake up, you're going to feel so alive and awake and your brain's going to be on fire. Add a third layer to that. It's the coffee, the nap, and a cold shower. And you're going to double your energy for the day. You're going to wake up better in the afternoon than you did in the morning. Oh, I love that. One of the hacks, speaking of the naps, energy plan, we interviewed this Navy SEAL. And he said, when you take a nap, lay on the floor, put your legs on your couch. And that five-minute nap will be equivalent to that 30-minute just by the positioning because the blood comes down into the body. And I love naps. And I've always felt guilty for years, but I'm like, to go in that afternoon, like, let me just shut my brain down a minute, refresh. And sometimes you need to hear it. You need to hear it from people who are playing big in the world that are doing big things to give yourself, I did, permission to take a nap. So let's shift just a little bit, because I think most of my lessons have come in my biggest failures or my biggest breakdowns. So let's talk about what's been your biggest breakdown or failure in business. And then what'd you learn? Do we have a whole day for this, Susie? (laughs) So let's look at the word productivity for a second. The word productivity comes from farming, actually. It's how much do we produce per area of a field, right? So what is our relationship as entrepreneurs to this word productivity? Now, in this day and age, there's three things that kind of get rolled into this term productivity is what are we producing? How efficiently are we producing it? And in what state? So that's basically it's what is your production? What is your efficiency? And what is your performance? And how are we measuring that? What is your time value actually when it's all said and done? How many based on the number of hours you're working? In this day and age, there are so many different things that we are doing and we believe we should be doing. Every time we go to another seminar, there's yet another tactic, another TikTok strategy, another Instagram strategy. And every time we get used to one platform, they now give you two options or three options to use. What we basically have is an infinite task list. We, for every one task we do, some or other 10 different things end up on our task list. So we will never out defeat the task list. So we cannot be living in the task list. What we have to do is focus on a period of time. People who say 90 days, I believe in this day and age, it's 30 days is an optimum time period. So we obviously have our vision at the high level we want to achieve by the end of the year. But I always just start with, what is it you want to achieve in the next 30 days? What's the one result? One or two results you want to create? Is it more money? Great. And what's the activity that you have to do to produce that result. Great. 
What should you be doing to produce that result in the next seven days? Great. What is it you need to delegate to somebody else so you have the time to produce that result? And then what's the tasks that you have to do today? What are you committed to doing today to produce that result this week, to produce that result that month? We have to get to tactical level thinking and understand that we have 24 hours a day. How are we going to choose to use it? So coming full circle, it's really about time. Is how we choose to use time to produce the result we need in the most efficient time possible in a state of grace and calm and happiness. Awesome. And so was there a time in your business where you had an epic failure? Yeah. And what did you learn from it? I was doing everything the opposite. <laughs> I was not doing any of that. I was going to seminars and workshops and getting high on the possibility of what's possible, getting it down to what the F do I need to do today? Got it. And so this is called Power Your Profit Podcast. So in building your wealth, what's been your wealth strategies that you've implemented? At 53 years old, I'm going through my first financial literacy program. Now, I have a degree in aerospace engineering, so I could tell you how to build a spaceship to land on a moon, but I could not tell you the fundamentals of money. And I think far too many, and the statistics show that, haven't learned the fundamentals of money. So when you come back to wealth building strategies, is that while we may have lofty dreams and aspirations as entrepreneurs, the sooner we start the fundamentals, which I'm sure that you teach here, Susie, that do the fundamentals and then build a dream on, on top of that. And I didn't do that. And therefore, I have no claim to the word wealth. So that is why at 53, still working my ass off and building this business because I didn't start younger. One of the things that I'm involved with is a financial literacy program for children as young as seven, because I think we as entrepreneurs need to pass down our learnings as entrepreneurs down to the younger generation so that they do have the knowledge and opportunities to do what many of us did not do. Right. And we didn't learn. My parents didn't teach me. I happened to come across a woman when I was 26 years old that sat me down and said, Sudi, you don't need any more shoes. You don't need any more handbags. I want you to take that money and I want you to invest it here. And so that became, I didn't necessarily know a lot about it until I started really building it and going, oh, I fell in love with it. Like, oh, compound interest. How exciting. <laughs> so that kind of shifted the game. And so I love that you're doing this for our children and then our children's children. And as a parent, right, to go through the program with your child so that a lot of us don't get that. Learning how to manage money, what to do with money, right, trying to give that to our children. Now, I know you have a gift for us. So what's our gift? It's a tool. Yeah, it's a tool. So a lot of the frameworks I talked about, the Delegate of Drown, where basically you create a list of all the morbid stuff, the gold framework, and a few other things. An exercise to take you from everything you need to delegate down to the focus few, the three or four things that you can start with. If you go to beepicoutsourcing.com, you can download that guide for free. And if you want to speak to us and get our help in doing that, please set up a time to chat to us. Yes, I love that. And again, I'm not just interviewing or a client, which I love, love. And so share everybody, I'm assuming it's because of your name, right, Vigel, that you have this love and fascination for bees. And I love that you're on brand. Your chair's on brand, right? Your wall's on brand. You got the bee epic up there. So is it outside of your name, the bee epic? Or is no, it it's coincidence. But actually, right before my 50th birthday, I came across a book called Wisdom of the Bees. And an individual was consulting large organizations and corporations on how to structure their entire organization around the science of bees and beehives. And so I got fascinated by this and I started looking at, well, how can I apply the same wisdom to working with entrepreneurs? 
So the bee is a symbol of productivity. It actually is an ancient symbol of productivity. The honey that they produce is the liquid gold in the ancient culture. But bees are very organized. Each bee has a unique purpose that its role. We entrepreneurs have a unique purpose in what we do. Bees serve the hive. We entrepreneurs should be serving our community and bees serve humanity. And I believe that we entrepreneurs need to serve humanity. So the bee became a symbol of productivity in the company. And also we as entrepreneurs, we need to be more like the beekeeper, right? So imagine the beekeeper with the beekeeper suit on. That's our protection from the busyness. So we can stay high level. We can be working on the business. Let the busy bees joyfully do the work every single day. And together we produce the honey. EPIC stands for being efficient, being productive, being intentional, so focused and getting things done. And the C is completional because that's one thing I found that we entrepreneurs start a lot of things, but we don't complete a lot of things. Oh my gosh, I love you. Thank you for your time. Thank you for your generosity. Thank you for your gift. Thank you for who you are in the world. Thank you for helping me in my business and my team. I appreciate you and I look forward to playing more with you. Thank you so much. Thank you for joining us for this episode of Power Your Profits podcast. Let these building blocks from today's most successful industry leaders equip you with the necessary resources and tools to finally establish the highly profitable business of your dreams. Want to hear more? Listen to more episodes at https colon double slash poweryourprofitspodcast.com. And don't forget to subscribe to the show. Now is your time to rise to the top of your game. So be sure to catch our next episode. Until next time.